All this week, we've been taking up the life and the power of the Holy Spirit, the new birth, but also the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Today, I want to talk about the manifestation of speaking with tongues, that controversial things that churches don't like to talk about is one of the greatest blessings you have in your personal life, praying revelations into your life by praying in tongues. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and study the Word of God with Bob Yandian. Hello, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome again today to Student of the Word. Glad to have you with us for the past three days. I've got two more days on this. I've been teaching on the life of power and the life of godliness, but also the life of the Holy Spirit given to us. I'm talking about two major moves of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it's found in my book, and they'll tell you at halftime how you can have a copy of this. It's called Life and Power. And the Holy Spirit gives life to us at the new birth, but he brings power to us when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And we can talk about this because being filled with the Holy Spirit is something that denominations use the term. They don't quite use it like I use it, but they don't like to talk about tongues. Today, we're going to talk about tongues. We're going to talk about the beauty of tongues, the manifestation of tongues, the importance of tongues, and how it's so necessary in your life. And I can honestly say this. It seems like there's certain times, the longer we go, that people begin to crave the Holy Spirit, but they still shy from the from that thing about speaking with tongues. So they look for ways to be filled with the Holy Spirit without speaking with tongues because they think it's an embarrassment. But we're going to talk about today that every time the Holy Spirit was poured out in the book of Acts, they spoke with tongues. And then tomorrow, we're going to talk about all the benefits of speaking with tongues. And so I know it's going to be a great blessing for you today. So turn to John chapter 4. And again, if you're here with us for the first time, Hallelujah. Glad to have you here today. I don't know how you stumbled across this, but I'm going to say it's probably the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't as much stumbling as you thought. And perhaps somebody recommended this program. Well, thank you for listening to the person who recommended the program. And thank you to the person who recommended the program. And I know it's been great to have these people now that they're the more they catch on to it, the more the word begins to spread. You know, I, when I pastored for 33 years, you know, the church spread mainly from word of mouth. And that's the way it happened also in the book of Acts. It's the way Jesus' ministry, when they heard about his reputation, thousands of people came to be healed. And so I'm glad for all those who are coming to the broadcast because you crave the word of God, not just being saved. You want the word of God. And Jesus said to those who had just believed in him, if you continue in my word, now you're my disciples indeed. And this is a program really dedicated to discipleship. Yes, we love to see people saved, rejoice that people get saved, but I really enjoyed in myself when I hear people continue to follow the word of God because the Great Commission has two parts. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Number two, make disciples of all nations. And my main call on my life is making disciples. I'm a teacher of the word of God. I'm still a pastor. And so I'm just pastoring you guys to take you on deeper in the word of God and bring stability into your life. John chapter four, let's take a look at verses 13 and 14. And oh, by the way, if you'd like to become a partner with me, my heart pounds right now. Thank you so much. For those who have become a partner and those who are right now considering being a partner, go ahead and do it. Go to my website, bobbyandian.com. You'll find a place there where you can become a partner with me. Join hands and join hearts together. John 4, here we go. Okay, verse 13 and 14. We finally arrived at the verse of scripture. Jesus answered and said unto her, this is the woman at the well, whoever drinks of the water shall thirst again. This water that's in the... Uh, 
in the well. Whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water I will give him will be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus was speaking to an unbelieving woman about salvation and the well is a personal well and it springs up inside of you into everlasting life. Uh, we're told in the word of God that these exceeding great and precious promises in 2 Peter chapter 1 are given to us that by them we can become partakers of the divine nature. I like to think of it this way. When I got born again, God put a well inside of me, but every promise is a way. It is, you know, a way of going down into the water and drawing it back up. This is that bucket on the end of that rope that goes down there. And that's it, every exceeding great and precious promise. So this well stays inside of it. It's a personal well. In the Old Testament, it was called a cistern. When they found a cistern, they claimed it for their own. And in other words, a well could be something public where a lot of people could drink out of it, but a cistern is something personal. Jesus was talking here about a personal well inside of her that would spring up forever into everlasting life. Look with me at John chapter one. And in John chapter one, verses six through eight, it says here, when they came together, they asked him, that is Jesus saying, Lord, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times of the seasons which the father has placed in his own authority, but you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me both in Jerusalem, in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. The Holy Spirit's power is to be received. So it is a gift. There is a power for witnessing before the world to carry the gospel and the healing power to all nations. And that is what the infilling is. And this is what Jesus was talking about. In John chapter four, he says, I wanna to give to you eternal life, water inside of you. And now also wanna give you a supernatural power to where you can go and witness to all nations. Notice again, we covered it yesterday, that the Holy Spirit's power is given to us after we are saved. When we get saved, we invite Jesus to come into our life. When we get filled with the Holy Spirit, we receive the Holy Spirit himself. And so again, we can receive Jesus. That's the new birth. That's where the waters of life come inside of us. But we can receive also the Holy Spirit and he gives us power to become a witness. It's the doorway into the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus again referred to this in John chapter seven. So turn to John chapter seven. Let's take a look at verse 37 through 39. And here it says, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly, the word here is koilia in the Greek, means innermost being from the womb of you shall flow rivers of living water. But he spoke this concerning the spirit whom they that believed on him should receive. Notice they've already believed on him. This is referring to the infilling of the Holy Spirit for the spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So in this verse of scripture, it says, if any man thirst, let him come and drink. And he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of water. Notice this water is coming out of you. The other water he spoke to the woman at the well about was a well inside of her for personal use. When you get born again, it's very personal. It's eternal life to you, not eternal life to someone else, but to you. But when it begins to flow out of you, and this comes by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and this is the manifestation God gives to us that when we get filled with the Holy Spirit, that the rivers inside of us flow out. And what's the difference between a river and a well? Power. A well is just there, it's personal, it's for you. You can dip water and drink out of it, but the rivers that flow out of you have power and it's power for healing, 
signs, wonders, miracles, doing great things in the name of Jesus. This has always uh, followed people being filled with the Holy Spirit. And it says again, but he spoke this concerning the Holy Spirit, whom they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. This gift is for rivers, not a well. The difference between a well again and a river is power and rivers have immense power. And that's what God said he would give to us. The well is personal for the enjoyment of the person, but the river that goes out of the person is for the benefit of everybody else. God not only wants to bring water as a benefit to me, that's the new birth, but he wants to put rivers inside of me to benefit everyone else around me. So it comes back to this, if you're not a Christian, the issue is not a river, but a well. Salvation, not the infilling, a relationship with God first, and then to have fellowship with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. The next thing I wanna get into though is whenever the Holy Spirit was given in the word of God, in the book of Acts, people spoke with other tongues. And so it says in Ephesians, be filled with the Spirit speaking. In the case, it's telling us right there, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you begin to speak. This is a manifestation of being filled with the Holy Spirit. To be honest with you, at salvation, there may or may not be a manifestation. I heard a man say, I think I brought this out the other day, but I heard a man say one time, he said, honestly, he said, when I got saved, I had a headache before I received Jesus. I had a headache after I received Jesus. Because to be honest with you, there's no real healing power for the physical body in salvation. Although I'm not going to stop it and say it doesn't happen, it could. But at the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit, there is a manifestation. And so when a person receives Jesus, I mean, I've seen people receive Jesus and, and shout. I've seen, I, there's one young man that came to receive Jesus in my church. The moment he received him, tears started running down his face. But you know what? The Bible doesn't talk about that. This was something so personal to him, so incredible to him. He just couldn't hold back the tears. And man, I hugged him. He hugged me and we had a wonderful time. But I've had other people come up that they received Jesus, say the prayer. I say, did you mean that prayer? They'll say, yes. I said, did you receive Jesus? Yes. I go by what they say because there was no manifestation on their face, on their countenance at all. Let's take a look at Acts chapter two. I want to take a look at verses one through 11. And here we have a description of what happened in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. This had been prophesied by Jesus at his water baptism by John the Baptist and this and prophesied to the disciples in Acts chapter 1 that this was going to happen. In Acts 1.8, it said, you'll receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you. And in the next chapter, guess what? Here's where it actually happened. It says in verse 1 through 11, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all 120 in one accord in one place. They were praying. They were all focused on the same thing. They were in one accord. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. It filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them divided tongues like fire. And it said over each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now, when this was noised abroad or the noise was heard abroad, that's the wind coming and the power of the Holy Spirit arriving, it said the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. The Greek word here is dialecto. They not only heard them in their own language, they heard them in the dialects of the area of the country they were in. 
So it was not just English, you know, I don't, there was no English then, but it was like English, but it was, it was New York or it was California or it was, you know, the deep South. In other words, they heard them from the areas they were from and they were all amazed and marveled saying one to another, are not all these who speak Galileans? And now we hear every man in our own dialect in which we were born, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, the dwellers of Mesopotamia, in Judea, Cappadocia, in Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, and Egypt, and in the parts of Libya around Cyrene, and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God." And they heard them speak in tongues. Understand this, the people who were speaking in tongues, the 120, did not know what they were saying, but the people who heard them, heard them speak in these languages. They said, we hear them speak the wonderful works of God. You might as well mark it down. When you speak with tongues, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, this is not something to be interpreted. What you're speaking is you're praising and worshiping God. We hear them speak with our tongues and they magnify God, the wonderful works of God. When we come back after the break, we're going to talk about about the second time this occurs and speaking with tongues was again found in the passage of scripture. I'll see you right after the break. The Holy Spirit has always been with man, but only in a limited ministry before Pentecost. In the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit lived in a temple made with hands and came on individuals at certain times to do a certain task. When Jesus Christ rose from the dead, the veil of the temple was torn from the top to the bottom, not just to let us in, but to let the Holy Spirit out. From that day until this, the Holy Spirit desires to live in every person who will be born again. In Life and Power, Bobby Endian carefully examines the Holy Spirit's ever-present role in our daily life, the types and shadows that explain His ministry, and how the world was changed when He came into the upper room, filling New Testament believers with boldness and power. Life and Power is available in book form as audio CDs or downloads, video DVDs, or as both audio and video on a USB flash drive. To order Life and Power, visit bobbyandian.com slash lifeandpower. At the dawn of the church age, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit and power to his followers. From Pentecost, they were led by his Spirit to blaze a trail through the hazardous maze of pagan cultures and religious legalism. Like wildfire, the gospel spread through the known world, bringing salvation to a whole generation and triumph and trial to the church. In a New Testament commentary on Acts, Bobby Indian explores the exploits of those sent to uproot the binding vines of religion and philosophy and to sow the kingdom of God. Through evaluations of early congregations and detailed descriptions of their cities, Pastor Bob walks us through the exciting, perilous adventure of the early church. Order a New Testament commentary on Acts at bobbyendian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership.
Welcome back. I want to kind of rehearse that scripture I just talked about in Acts chapter 2. I want to point out some things that happened on the day of Pentecost. They spoke with tongues in the upper room, but two things happened before that time. There was a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind as the Holy Spirit descended into the atmosphere of this earth. The second thing that happened, fire appeared over every single head that was there, and then they spoke with tongues. I'm going to come back and talk about that, but now let's go to Acts chapter 10. In the meantime, between between Acts uh, chapter 2 and Acts chapter 10, in Acts chapter 8, we had the revival that broke out at Samaria. And while the revival broke out at Samaria, they sent to them Peter and John from Jerusalem to come and pray for those who had just received it. Under Philip's ministry, the new birth, they came and prayed for them that they might be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it doesn't say in that chapter they spoke in tongues, but if you'll dig a little deeper, you'll find out they did. There's some great books out on that. I have it in my book on Acts, if you want to get the book I have on Acts. It tells you they did speak with tongues. It's brought out in there, and it's just not mentioned in the verse of Scripture. But let's go to Acts chapter 10. This is the third time that tongues will be talked about. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, now Acts chapter 10. And in verse 44 through 46, we have Peter. And Peter was on the housetop. You remember the story. And there was lunch being fixed downstairs. The smell of the food was coming up. And suddenly Peter fell into a trance. And he saw all different types of unclean animals according to the law of the Old Testament. And the Lord spoke to him and said, Arise, Peter, slay these animals and eat them. He said, No, Lord, I can't do that. They're unclean animals. And through that vision, he began to understand what God was saying. Because on the day of Pentecost, Peter spoke to Jews, thousands of Jews. And again, 3,000 of them received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Now he's getting a vision on the housetop. And the Lord is telling him, we have to go beyond the Jews. We have to go to the Gentiles. Those animals did not represent eating animals. Those animals represented God's now moving toward the Gentiles of the world. And Peter needs to get a whole new vision that the gospel is for everybody. The word is for everybody. He'd been so uh, bound up in his own preference for Jews that he had not had, he'd had a hard time reaching out. And now we have it here that he now gets this vision on the housetop. At the same time, he's having a vision on the housetop in the city of Caesarea, a man named Cornelius, a very high-ranking Roman officer, also had a vision of a man named Peter coming to him. So the two arranged together. It's always so good of God, isn't it? He not only leads the person who's going, he leads the person who'll be receiving to where on both ends they understand it. In Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, Peter is now preaching to all those in the house of Cornelius. These are Romans. And this is what the uh, vision on the housetop was preparing him for. And it says, Peter, was preaching, it says in verse 44, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. That's the Jews who came with uh, Peter, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. How did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Notice that speaking with tongues is also not just a praise language, but it magnifies God. It worships God. And so the language they were speaking in was all the different languages, but they heard them do this. And the ones they understood, the languages they understood, they were magnifying God. So here we have in this verse of scripture, this is what happened. And the same thing happened here in the house of Cornelius as happened in the upper room with Jews 
Now it's happening with Gentiles. And so again, a wonderful thing happened here. Let's go to Acts chapter 19. Again, we have Gentiles because by the time we come to Acts chapter 8 and we're in the in the uh, country and city of Samaria, and now it's going into the Gentile nations. And here we have it in Acts 10, the house of Cornelius. It's a Roman household. And now we have it in Ephesus. And it says in Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 6, it came to pass while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, and he found certain or particular disciples. Notice he found disciples. I ask you a question. Are these people saved? Yes, because they're called disciples. They had already been born again and had grown somewhat in the word of God. And so Paul found them, started talking, and they started sharing about the word of God. But Paul began to find out something as he talked to them. He could only go so far. And there was like a wall he hit. They didn't understand anything past this point. So they had become disciples. They knew enough to become disciples, but they, there was more that Paul knew they didn't understand. And the first thing he picked up was, these guys aren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says now in verse two, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? They said to him, we have not even heard whether there is or there exists a Holy Spirit. He said unto them, into what were you baptized? They said into John's baptism. That's John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist didn't know about the Holy Spirit. He prophesied of his coming. He had no idea of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. He just knew Jesus was coming and everything was turning from Old Testament to new, from the law now to grace. And Jesus Christ was gonna bring salvation and said, this is the Lamb of God, which will take away the sins of the world. But now in verse four, Paul said, John truly baptized with the baptism of repentance, the new birth. He said, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him. So he preached on genuine salvation, faith and trust in Jesus Christ. That is on Christ Jesus. Verse five, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved before this, but now they're being baptized into the new covenant. The other one, they were baptized under John's baptism, which was a baptism saying that change was coming. Now they're being baptized into the change that has happened. And in verse six, when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. I want you to know something in Acts chapter two, Acts chapter 10, here in Acts chapter 19, the Holy Spirit came upon them. This is something Jesus prophesied of. The Holy Spirit who is present tense with you shall be in you and they'll come upon you. Acts chapter one, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. This is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. This is God's gift of power to us. And notice the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues. Acts chapter two, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They spoke with tongues. Acts chapter 10, in the house of Cornelius, the Holy Spirit fell on them and they spoke with tongues. Here, the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues. The first thing the Holy Spirit does is he's with you. The next thing the Holy Spirit does is he moves inside of you. But the third thing he wants to do is the gift of power. And that's for signs, wonders, miracles, demonstrations of God, and to lead people. It is a major, major thing in your life to help bring people to the Lord Jesus Christ. You lay hands on a sick sinner and, and healing is for sinners. Jesus healed by the masses. And then many of those, it says, who saw these things believed in him. The purpose of signs and wonders is not just to alleviate 
alleviate suffering or pain or anything like that. And thank God it does. But it's a sign to that person. I couldn't do this. This has to be God. And if God could do this temporary thing in them, he could also do an eternal thing in them and bring them to the point of salvation. So it says the Holy Spirit came on them in Acts chapter 19, verse six, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. You know, there's been denominational people. And I heard a man argue one time about this and said, if these charismatics wanted to be completely scriptural, well, they should go back to where the Holy Spirit was poured out. They need to go to Jerusalem and wait because Jesus said, go to the Jerusalem and wait in the upper room. There should also be a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and then tongues of fire appeared over them, just like in Acts chapter two, and then they should speak with tongues, having to wait, hearing a sound from heaven, and then tongues like fire only happened on the first occasion at the day of Pentecost. After that time, in all these cases, they only spoke with tongues. Acts chapter two, sound from heaven. Why was there a sound from heaven? Because the Holy Spirit came from heaven, and when he passed through the atmosphere, they heard like a wind coming. And then when the Holy Spirit arrived in the room, there was divided tongues over all their heads of fire and they spoke with tongues. The first two was an indication the Holy Spirit was now on his way. But after Acts chapter two, he's been here ever since. There'll be no more sound from heaven as a mighty rushing wind. And there'll be no more tongues of fire over a person's head. But one manifestation occurred every single time they spoke with tongues. The Holy Spirit is here now and he has given to us tongues. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin to speak with other tongues. This is the part that's controversial. People don't like it, but you can't get away from it. Every time in the book of Acts that they were filled with the Spirit, they spoke with tongues. In fact, it's prophesied in Isaiah 52 with stammering lips and another tongue. He will speak to this people. There was the first prophecy of it, and it's a means for God to speak to us divinely, supernaturally by the power of the Holy Spirit. So like any language, it is a language. Like any language, you don't speak it fluently the first time or just in a few days. You begin to uh, you begin to actually grow in it and you get better at it the more you begin to speak with tongues. You can control it. It won't jump on you. You receive it. You won't suddenly speak in tongues uncontrollably in Walmart. I can tell you that won't happen. It comes by choice. I will speak with the Spirit and I will speak with the understanding. It's a language of the Holy Spirit. It can't come from Satan. Yes, Satan imitates it, but this is a pure language, no profanity, no cursing of the Father or of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verses 14 and 15, Genesis chapter 11, the Tower of Babel, to where God sent a language down, and Zephaniah chapter three and verse nine prophesies it also. So again, speaking with tongues is the manifestation that a person is filled with the Holy Spirit. And so it's not something, and let me just say this, 99% of your speaking with tongues has nothing to do with speaking it out in public, speaking it in the church. It's a personal language. It's a language where as you begin to pray it, you become stronger in your fellow with God, your communication with God, and suddenly the Word of God takes on a whole new meaning. One of the main purposes of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it brings the Word of God to life. And again, it's said in Isaiah 52, it talks about line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. I took that verse years ago when I first began in the ministry. And what I did was this, I took that verse and said, you know what this verse seems to be saying? I should be studying the word of God line upon line, precept upon precept, and then stop and pray in the spirit. 
And I did that for years and for years and for years. There's times I still do it because what I study, there's times I don't understand what it's saying right there. But the author of the Bible lives inside of me. You know, there's been times I've read books by authors and, I, and they come to a part and I go, I don't understand, that's all. This book's been pretty good. And all of a sudden, this, this entire paragraph makes no sense. It doesn't even seem to fit in with the rest of the book. I wish the author was sitting beside me so I could ask him what he meant. Here's something. There's a lot of passages in the Bible you probably don't understand. And I have not understood all of them. There's many of them I still have question marks over. What exactly does this mean? But the author of the Bible lives inside of me. And as I begin to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit. Personally, between me and God, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal these things to me. He wrote it. He lives inside of me, and it's his purpose to interpret it to me and show me what he meant. And many things I've got in prayers, praying in the Spirit, opens up the Word of God and shows me the revelation of the Word of God. This is really good stuff. We're kind of going to continue this tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.